Good evening, Crypt Keepers, and welcome to Sinister Souls, Episode 2. Please like, subscribe, share, and if you like the show, leave us a good review. You can find us on TikTok at Cryptique underscore podcast, YouTube at Cryptique Podcast, and our merchandise is available at CrypticPodcastStore.com. So let's jump right into it. Tonight's episode is Euronymous. Euronymous, born Oyston Arseth, was a prominent figure in Norway's early black metal scene. He co-founded and played guitar for Mayhem, a pioneering black metal band, remaining a constant member until his death in 1993. Additionally, he established Deathlike Silence Productions and the record shop Helved. He identified as a theistic Satanist and led the black metal inner circle known for extreme statements, kind of like us. Tragically, he was murdered in August 1993 by Varg Vickerns, a former bandmate. And I'm probably going to suck at these names, but I'm doing the best I can. Uh, Norwegian names are difficult. Alright, so let's talk a little bit about him, Euronymous. From 1984 to 1981. In 1984, Arseth, also known as Euronymous, co-founded Mayhem with bassist Necro Butcher and drummer Jatil Mannheim. Initially known as Destructor, Arseth later adopted the name Euronymous, inspired by the demon Euronymous featured in a Hellhammer song. In 1986, Euronymous, Necrobutcher, and John Metallion Christensen recorded The Metallion. Euronymous collaborated vocally on the title track. In 1988, per Dead, a website, Olin became the vocalist and Jan Axel Hellhammer Blomberg the drummer. By 1991, Dead, Euronymous, and Hellhammer shared a rehearsal house near Crackstad. Tensions grew between Dead and Euronymous, leading to conflicts. Dead even slept in the woods to avoid Euronymous playing music he disliked. That's when you know you're serious about your music, man. If somebody starts playing something you don't like and you're like, Psh, I'm gonna go sleep out in the woods, and that's something. There are claims that Dead once stabbed Euronymous with a knife, and Hellhammer recalled a shotgun incident involving Euronymous. On April 8th, 1991, Euronymous discovered Dead's lifeless body at his home, having succumbed to self-inflicted wrist cuts and a shotgun wound to the head. This tragic event was ruled as a suicide. Instead of immediately contacting authorities, Euronymous bought a disposable camera and took photos of the scene, later using one for a bootleg album cover titled The Dawn of the Black Hearts. Necrobutcher recounted Euronymous informing him of the suicide, highlighting how Euronymous callously saw the opportunity to exploit the situation. Euronymous leveraged Dead's suicide to enhance Mayhem's sinister image, alleging that Dead took his life due to the commercialization of black metal. 
Disturbing rumors circulated that Euronymous crafted gruesome items from Dead's remains. Although the band denied one rumor, they admitted to creating necklaces from parts of Dead's skull. Euronymous claimed to have gifted these necklaces to select musicians, a fact confirmed by others in the scene like Bard, Faust, Ethan, and Metallion. Morgan Steinmeier Hackinson of Marduk also confirmed receiving pieces of Dead's brain matter and shotgun lead from Euronymous. Necrobutcher later suspected that Euronymous took the photographs and shared them to process the shock of seeing his deceased friend entering a kind of fantasy world. Faust of Emperor suggested that Dead's suicide marked the turning point for the black metal scene's fixation on satanic and evil themes influenced by Euronymous. Jatiel Mannheim noted that following the suicide, Euronymous attempted to embody the extreme persona he had often discussed. However, Euronymous's demeanor and actions after the suicide caused a division among his friends, who were appalled by his behavior towards dead, both before and after the tragic event. Necrobutcher severed ties with Euronymous and left Mayhem, leaving only guitarist Euronymous and drummer Hellhammer as members. Stian Occultus Johansson briefly joined Mayhem as a new singer and bassist, but departed after receiving a death threat from Euronymous. This tumultuous period marked a significant shift in Mayhem's dynamics and the broader black metal community. In June 1991, Euronymous established a record shop named Helvet, which is Norwegian for Hell, at Schweigard's Gate 56 in Oslo, serving as a gathering spot for Norwegian black metal musicians. This included Mayhem and Emperor members Varg, Count Grishnak Vikerns of Burzum, and Snorri Blackthorn Rutch of Thorns. Euronymous also launched an independent record label, Deathlike Silence Productions, operating from Helvet. The label released music by Norwegian bands Mayhem and Burzum, as well as Swedish bands Merciless and Abruptum. Euronymous, Varg, and Emperor's guitarist Tomith Samoth Hagen resided at Helvet during different periods, while Emperor drummer Faust lived and worked there as well. The shop's interior featured a dark ambiance with black walls adorned with medieval weaponry, band posters, and picture discs. Its window showcased a polystyrene tombstone. Occultus mentioned that the rented space for Helvet was overly spacious and expensive, contributing to its financial struggles. Despite this, the shop became the epicenter of the Norwegian black metal movement. Metallion, the author of the fanzine Slayer attributed the establishment of Helvet as the catalyst for the entire Norwegian black metal scene. In 2008, Daniel Eckroth wrote, Shortly after Helvet's opening, a remarkable transformation occurred in Norway's music landscape. In a matter of months, numerous young musicians were captivated by Euronymous's concepts, prompting a wave of evolution from Norwegian death metal to black metal. Bands like Amputation, rebranded as Immortal, and Thou Shalt Suffer underwent a metamorphosis into Emperor 
and Dark Throne shifted from their Swedish-inspired death metal roots to embrace raw black metal aesthetics. And to be honest with you, I am not really into metal. You know, I like some American and, and British kind of metally rock songs, but I can't really tell you a whole lot of difference between death metal and black metal and all that, but we will get into it, so stick around. Notably, Christian, Old Funeral's guitarist, later known as Bar Vickerness, departed to forge his own identity, Burzum, making a pivotal moment in the burgeoning black metal movement. Euronymous played a pivotal role in nurturing emerging bands within the scene, particularly Emperor and Enslaved, whom he endorsed to Candlelight Records. Ison of Emperor noted that being accepted by the Helvet scene hinged on trust and a shared dedication to serious artistic visions. Euronymous extended his guidance to a younger musician, Vickerness, despite a five-year age difference. He invited Vickerness to contribute bass for Mayhem and offered to release Vickerness's creations under the Burzum banner. However, over time, their camaraderie is said to have evolved into a sense of rivalry. Find out about the rivalry after a quick break. Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. Looking back, Foss said, quote, It sounds really shitty, but I think there was a little bit of a contest between them to see who could be more evil. It created a very difficult situation, especially for Euronymous, who wanted the glamour and the showbiz. With him, there was a lot of smoke, but not so much fire. End quote. On June 6, 1992, the Fantoft Stave Church in Bergen was destroyed in an arson attack. Varg Vigernus was strongly suspected, but not convicted. This event triggered a series of church burnings in Norway, carried out by members and followers of the black metal scene. Euronymous was involved in the burning of Holman Colon Chapel along with Vickerness and Faust. Vickerness and Faust were later convicted for this arson after Euronymous's death. Faust believed Euronymous participated to demonstrate his active involvement rather than remaining in the background. Around the release of Mayhem's album, De Mysterious Dom Sathanas, Vickerness and Euronymous reportedly planned to bomb Nidaros Cathedral, depicted on the album cover. However, Euronymous's death in August 1993 halted this plan and postponed the album's release. In a 1993 interview on a Swedish radio show, Euronymous said of the church burnings, quote, They, meaning Christians, must feel that there is a dark, evil power present that they have to fight, which will make them more extreme. We also believe that when a church burns, it's not only Christians who suffer, but people in general. Imagine a beautiful old stave church. What happens when it burns? The Christians feel despair. God's house is destroyed, and ordinary people will suffer from grief because something beautiful was destroyed. So you end up spreading grief and despair, which is a good thing. End quote. In January of 93, the black metal scene gained widespread attention after an article in Norway's prominent newspaper, Bergens Tidende. Varg Vikernes, 
using the alias Count Grishnak, anonymously provided an interview to a journalist confessing to church burnings and a murder in Lillehammer. Verknes later revealed that he and Euronymous had orchestrated the interview as a means to generate fear, promote black metal, and attract customers to Helvet. He asserted that the interview lacked concrete evidence of his involvement in any criminal activities. By the time the article was published, Vickerness had been arrested, leading to the questioning and subsequent release of other scene members due to insufficient evidence. Vickerness himself was also released in March of 93 for the same reason. That same month, Kerrang! magazine published an article about the Norwegian black metal scene, where Euronymous and Vickerness depicted themselves as leaders of a militant, cult-like group referred to as satanic terrorists. Euronymous claimed that Helvet indirectly funded their activities, but he distanced himself from direct involvement in crimes to avoid jeopardizing the organization's existence in case of his capture. Following the Bergen's Tetende incident, Euronymous made the decision to close down Helvet due to the escalating attention from both law enforcement and the media. Vickerness and the authors of Lords of Chaos, which is a book we'll get to in a bit here, suggested that Euronymous's parents played a role in pressuring him to shut down Helvet. This move was likely driven by the mounting legal and public relations challenges the shop was facing within the larger context of the black metal scene's controversies. Alright, getting to the murder. In early 93, Tensions grew between Euronymous and Vikernes, and also between Euronymous and certain members of the Swedish black metal scene in general. On the night of August 10th, 1993, Vikernes fatally stabbed Euronymous at Euronymous's apartment in Oslo. Initially, the media falsely attributed the murder to Swedish black metal musicians. Speculation surrounds the motive behind the murder, ranging from a power struggle to a financial dispute over royalties. Another theory suggests Vickerness sought to surpass the stabbing incident in Lillehammer. Vickerness claims he acted in self-defense, asserting that Euronymous had planned to incapacitate and torture him using an electroshock weapon while recording the ordeal on video. And judging by what this guy's done, not really a big surprise. That's not a claim that I would say is far out, man. Vickerness explains, quote, if he was talking about it to everybody and anybody, I wouldn't have taken it seriously. But he just told a select group of friends, and one of them told me. He said Euronymous planned to use a meeting about an unsigned contract to ambush him. On the night of the murder, Varg Vickerness and Snorri Blackthorn Rutch traveled from Bergen to Euronymous's apartment in Oslo. Blackthorn waited outside while Vickerness went to Euronymous's fourth floor apartment. Vickerness stated that he intended to deliver a signed contract, but confronted Euronymous instead. A physical altercation ensued during which Euronymous allegedly kicked Vickerness and then retreated to the kitchen to grab a knife. A struggle ensued, resulting in Vickerness fatally stabbing Euronymous. The body was discovered on the first floor stairwell with 23 stab wounds, mostly to the back, neck, and head. Vickerness claims that some wounds were caused by broken glass during the scuffle. After the murder, Vickerness and Blackthorn returned to Bergen. 
Vikernus disposed of his blood-stained clothes near a lake along the way. Vikernus asserts that he acted in self-defense, but this narrative is contested by Faust. Necrobutcher, on the other hand, believes that Vikernus killed Euronymus due to death threats and hostility. Necrobutcher also wanted to murder Euronymus himself due to the insensitivity towards dead suicide and perceived exploitation. Blackthorn's perspective diverges from Vikernus's account. According to Blackthorn, Vikernus had planned to kill Euronymus and coerced Blackthorn into joining him. Blackthorn asserts that he was on the brink of being committed to a mental hospital in the summer of 1993, but he escaped to Bergen and sought refuge with Vikernus. Blackthorn's indifference towards Euronymus is reflected in his statement, quote, I was neither for nor against it. I didn't give a shit about Oystein. End quote. Vikernus, on the other hand, disputes any premeditated intent for the murder claims that Blackthorn accompanied him to Euronymous's apartment to showcase new guitar riffs. So in the aftermath, Vikernus was arrested on August 19, 1993 in Bergen, followed by the apprehension of several other scene members, including Blackthorn and Faust, for questioning. The trial commenced on May 2, 1994, where it was alleged that Vikernus, Blackthorn, and another individual had conspired in the murder. The third person remained in Vikernus's Bergen apartment as an alibi. This individual rented films, played them in the apartment, and used Vikernus's credit card to create the appearance that they hadn't left Bergen. Vikernus was sentenced on May 16, 1994, to 21 years in prison for the murder of Euronymus, arson of three churches, attempted arson of a fourth church, and theft and possession of 150 kilograms of explosives. However, he only confessed to the explosives charge. Following his sentencing, two churches were set ablaze, seemingly as a symbolic show of support. Blackthorn received an eight-year prison term for aiding Vikernus. Vikernus was granted parole and released from prison in 2009. After Euronymous's funeral, Hellhammer and Necrobutcher decided to continue mayhem and worked on the release of the De Mysterious Dom Sathanas album. Prior to its release, Euronymous's family requested that Hellhammer remove the bass tracks contributed by Vikernus. Hellhammer said, quote, I thought it was appropriate that the murderer and the victim were on the same record. I put a word out that I was re-recording the bass parts, but I never did. End quote. The album, which has Euronymous on electric guitar and Vikernus on bass guitar, was finally released in May 1994. After murdering Euronymous and shifting his focus towards nationalism and Odinism, Vikernus encountered division within the Norwegian scene. Some viewed him as a traitor for betraying the principles of Satanism and aligning with new ideologies. Vikernus asserts that he never truly embraced Satanism and had only used it as a provocation. Euronymous's death was seen as a significant loss by a portion of the scene, leading some individuals to vow vengeance for his demise. In the aftermath, the sense of community waned in the scene, contrasting with the earlier unity around the Helvet shop. Euronymous's memory gave rise to a cult-like following, with some revering him as the king or godfather 
of black metal. A subsequent generation of musicians sought to capitalize on his legacy for credibility. Despite this, many of Euronymous's associates displayed a degree of indifference when discussing his murder. Lord of Chaos observes that this detachment underscores a lack of concern for one another's lives or deaths. In the same vein, individuals like Hellhammer, Isan, and Samoth expressed little to no emotional impact or shock at Euronymous's demise in the book Lords of Chaos. Anders Odden, a friend of Euronymous at the time, said of the murder, quote, It wasn't odd that he ended up getting killed. He thought he could threaten to kill people without it having any consequences. I think many people felt relief once he was gone. End quote. Writer and musician Erland Erickson agreed, saying, quote, Nobody was there to boss them about. The black metal police were gone. Find out what the book Lords of Chaos says of Euronymous after a quick break. Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. The book Lords of Chaos says of Euronymous, as I promised, Euronymous was a consistent figure in all black attire, with his hair dyed black for heightened impact. His distinctive appearance included long, aristocratic mustaches and knee-high boots. His black leather biker jacket was adorned with various badges. When conversing, he projected an air of seriousness and sternness, occasionally bordering on theatrical pomposity. In interviews, Euronymous professed strong opposition to concepts like individualism, compassion, peace, happiness, and enjoyment. So, if you're against all that, I don't, I don't know how to help you. He expressed his desire to propagate hatred, sorrow, and malevolence, emphasizing his intent to spread a sense of darkness and negativity. In a 1992 interview, he said, The hardcore punk pigs have correctly made themselves guardians of morality, but we must kick them in the face and become guardians of anti-morality. End quote. The following year, he told Kill Yourself magazine, quote, There's nothing which is too sick, evil, or perverted. I have no problem with killing someone in cold blood. End quote. Metallion, who knew Euronymous since 1985 and considered him his best friend, said Euronymous was, quote, always telling people what he thought, following his own instincts, worshiping death, and being extreme, end quote. Euronymous's shop attracted a lot of new young fans, many of whom looked up to and even idolized him. However, some who knew Euronymous claimed that the extreme satanic image he projected was, in fact, just that, a projection, which bore little resemblance to his real personality. When asked why Euronymous made such extreme statements to the press, Isan said, quote, I think that was very much to create fear among people. He wanted to be in opposition to society, 
and tried to concentrate more on just being evil than having a real satanic philosophy. End quote. Mayhem drummer Jettel Mannheim, who was Euronymous's friend from 83 until his death, described him as health-oriented, a nice guy, a family guy, but said that when his older friends were not around, he could play out his role. Mannheim claimed that Euronymous became extreme towards the end of his life. He liked telling people that they were worthless, that he was the best. He was all, I define black metal, black metal is me. I think he was trapped in the image of mayhem. He became a megalomaniac." End quote. In the documentary Pure Fucking Mayhem, he said Oystein's daily life was a total theater that was based on the black metal archetype of Euronymous. <sighs> so how did he feel about religion? Because I understand people that are anti-religion of any sort, but I don't understand why people would want fear, war, anger, hatred. Let's get into this. In interviews, Euronymous said that he was a theistic Satanist. In an interview by Asa Ladenpera, conducted in August 93, Euronymous stated, quote, I believe in a horned devil, a personified Satan. In my opinion, all the other forms of Satanism are bullshit. Satanism comes from religious Christianity, and there it shall stay. I am a religious person, and I will fight those who misuse his name, his in capitals. I'm assuming he's referring to Satan. People are not supposed to believe in themselves and be individualists. They are supposed to obey, to be slaves of the religion. The theistic Satanism espoused by Euronymous was an inversion of Roman Catholic dogma, and he claimed, quote, We praise the evil and we believe blindly in a godly creature just like a Christian. End quote. When it comes to the relationship between religion and science, he said, quote, Scientists can't disprove religion. No matter how hard you try, you can't explain the universe. You can't leave out a religious belief. End quote. He opposed the satanic and occultist teachings of Anton LaVey and Aleister Crowley, for unlike Euronymous, they promoted what he saw as peace and commercial frivolity, as well as individualism, in contrast to dogma. He said he would, quote, never accept any band which preaches Church of Satan ideas as they are just a bunch of freedom and life-loving atheists and they stand exactly the opposite of me, end quote. And that's true. We've talked about it on the main show a few times that they don't, Anton LaVey doesn't worship a being that he believes lives in a furnace in hell. They're basically just people that want to do whatever they want and kind of laugh about it. When asked what he thought of Crowley's code on do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law, he answered, quote, people shall do what we want them to do. We're against freedom, end quote. As noted earlier, some of those who knew Euronymous claim that his extreme satanic image was an act. While Mortis said that Euronymous was such a devil worshipper he wouldn't believe it, 
In the black metal documentary, Until the Light Takes Us, Varg Vikernes claimed that Euronymous was not a Satanist. He said, quote, and this is Varg Vikernes, to Arseth, who is Euronymous, everything was about image, and he wanted to appear extreme. He wanted people to think of him as being extreme, the most extreme of them all. But he didn't want to be extreme, and he really wasn't extreme, end quote. Metallion, who was close to both Vikernes and Euronymous before his death, and considered Euronymous's best friend, highlighted that some individuals in the scene adopted the label of Satanism after reading a few books, but he did not attribute such a characterization to Euronymous. Tenebus from the misanthropic Luciferian Order, a Swedish satanic group established in 1995, noted that around 91, the focus was primarily on black metal and ideological Satanism, often centered around Euronymous and his shop. However, this emphasis seemed to fade following Euronymous's death in 1993. As time passed, certain members of the Norwegian scene shifted towards embracing paganism. So, if we're talking Christianity, and I'm not sure about Judaism or Islam, um, pretty sure about Islam though, but it's it's one God. You you worship the one deity, and paganism, although it was kind of thrown in with Satanism, like these people are worshiping false gods, it's not that they're worshiping Satan. They have their own their own religion going. And we'll do a show on that one day too. Vikernes later claimed that Euronymous, who seemed fixated on the Satanist theme, disapproved of Vikernes's promoting paganism. Nonetheless, there is no explicit record of Euronymous expressing opposition to paganism, as he had actually released the pagan band Enslaves debut album, Vikingliger Veldi, through Death Like Silence Productions black metal and death metal. What's the difference, right? Euronymous said that the term black metal can apply to any kind of metal so long as it is satanic and heavy. He said, quote, if a band cultivates and worships Satan, it's black metal, and that in a way it can be ordinary heavy metal or just noise. What's important is that it's satanic. That's what makes it black metal. End quote. He rejected bands like Immortal being called black metal as they are not Satanists but supported the band nonetheless. As we spoke of earlier, the bands that had Levian beliefs were also rejected. Talking about Anton LaVey and the Church of Satan. When it was pointed out that Venom, the band that coined the term black metal, only used Satanism as a gimmick, Euronymous said that he and the Black Circle choose to believe otherwise. Likewise, Euronymous said that the term death metal can apply to any kind of metal so long as the band, quote, cultivates and worships death, end quote. Euronymous lamented the commercialization and loss of extremity within death metal. He said, quote, real death metal should be something normal people are afraid of, not something mothers can listen to. Death metal is for brutal people who are capable of killing. It's not for idiotic children who want to have a funny hobby after school. End quote. Like many others in the black metal scene, Euronymous originally believed that black metal should stay underground. However, he later changed his mind. 
He believed that the idea of staying underground came from hardcore punk and said, quote, those who scream most about being in underground is also often those who make so bad music that they don't have a chance to get big themselves. I wouldn't mind making DSP big and earn a million as long as I don't change my ways of thinking and being. If there were one million black metal fans in the world, most of them would be jerks, but there would be really many true and brutal people as well. The bigger we get, the more we can manipulate people into thinking like us. End quote. All right, let's get into politics a little bit here with this guy. And, and I'm, you know, I'm not trying to just smear this guy and say that we're better off without him, but you can come to your own conclusions. Hieronymus held an unusual interest in totalitarian communist regimes like Stalin's Soviet Union. He had a collection of memorabilia from Eastern Bloc countries. In the 1980s, he was part of Rod Ungdom, a Marxist-Lenist Norwegian communist youth group. However, he eventually left Rod Ungdom supposedly because of a perception that the group was primarily composed of humanists, which seemingly did not align with his broader ideological inclinations. He said, quote, As I hate people, I don't want them to have a good time. I'd like to see them rot under communist dictatorship, end quote. Never taking into account that, you know, he could be rotting under communist dictatorship too, but, you know, that's why he's not making sense. Euronymous exhibited a peculiar fascination with themes such as mass surveillance, secret police, and forced disappearances. Attila Caesar of Mayhem mentioned that while Euronymous was not a communist in the traditional political sense, he was captivated by the authoritative control wielded by communist dictators. Hellhammer, Mayhem's drummer, noted that Euronymous had an ambition to become the most extreme individual, and he saw communism as an avenue of extremity. Despite this, Euronymous later asserted an affiliation with fascism. In a private letter from the early 1990s, Euronymous controversially claimed that, quote, almost all Norwegian black metal bands, including Mayhem, were more or less Nazis. Notably, he did not employ Mayhem's music as a platform for promoting any specific ideologies. So what do you guys think? This whole black metal scene especially in Norwegian countries, seems to be very, very dark. And when we are talking, say, like, American rappers, right? Now, some of them are just complete fakes. We know that. They're just actors, right? But there's also quite a few that are real gangsters. They are crips or bloods or, you know, associated however, but they came up, you know, they grew up around this where, you know, being a gangster or a pimp or whatever was glorified. And that's what kind of shaped them, right? But 
the, like I couldn't find anything in the research about any of these guys why they turned out to be so dark and uh, you know wanted to murder people and cause pain and heartbreak and turmoil and just what it was in their lives that caused them to want to watch people suffer and watch the world burn. That'll do it for episode two of Cryptique Sinister Souls True Crime. Tell us what you think about the case at crypticpodcast at gmail.com. I am asking you, please like, subscribe, share, and if you like the show, leave a review. You can find us on TikTok at cryptique underscore podcast, YouTube at cryptique podcast, and merch is at crypticpodcaststore.com. And we'll see you soon. Good evening, Crypt Keepers. <laughs>